Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Welcome everybody to episode, I don't know what number this is, because I think this is going up after WrestleMania 39 of the Fretzelmania podcast, where I I and my special guest here I will introduce in just a second, are reviewing WrestleMania 19, one of the Ruthless Aggression Era's finest. And I could not do this review alone mostly due to the fact that this person and I are members of the Spagingo Squad. Shout out to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. And this is one of their finest episodes, by the way. Wrestling's favorite banana, Nate the and Great. Good buddy, how you doing? Also known as Banana Housing here on the independent scenes of Wisconsin. I am just doing banana-tastic. I mean, I literally just told those guys that it's literally going to be Limp Biscuit. Pretzels, pretzels, and bananas. What more can you ask for for a re- for a review? <laughs> oh man, and I and I haven't made my pretzels yet. I'm saving my dough specifically for mania. So, man, uh, Nate, you you've probably seen this event a few times, but I I just finished watching it the other day. I was texting you through it. My God, what do you think? Just before we get into the rigors. So I will say that there are moments where it does feel like this show comes to a screeching halt. And I think you know what segments I'm talking about. But it's one of those shows that, honestly, when you look back at it, people highlight uh, 17 a lot. 19 gets overshadowed quite a bit as one of those shows that probably has, honestly, it's really crazy because I actually looked at the time cards for the matches First four matches are like maybe under 15 minutes if they're lucky. Uh, the rest of the matches are like 15 minutes and over. There's five matches on here, and it makes it feel that extra special that those five matches get, especially the stories that are told into them. Uh, I've got a chance to really appreciate the storytelling that's in the matches, especially now. Shout out to uh Joshua Yeager and Jay Johnson from over here in Wisconsin. Uh, Joshua Yeager does the uh pro wrestling off topic 
uh, podcast. And some of the things that those guys have taught me is that they really like to focus on like the story and the characters that are built in that. So it really helps me appreciate those a lot more. Absolutely. There's a lot of great stories in this. And uh, I feel that this WrestleMania is very underrated, but you have, you have 17, which in my mind, it's the goat, but you got this one has to be a solid number two, maybe WrestleMania 30, 30. Is that the Daniel Bryan one? Yeah. That one, that one's up there. 18 is sandwiched in the middle, but I think that one just, uh, there's a lot of hype in between the two and that one always gets thrown it thrown by the wayside. But I mean, I have an affinity for it. It takes place in Toronto. You know, I'm going to be at forbidden door too in June. Holy crap. My buddy Ryan, uh, came in with, came in clutch and getting tickets floor seats. Oh, like way in the back floor seats first time but man uh, unfortunately i won't be talking about that right now uh we got wrestlemania 19 in safeco field in seattle washington in front of i think it was like fifty-eight thousand fans it wound up being but nate we got to talk some pop culture for for march 2003 oh, oh let's please I absolutely in theaters we had agent cody banks Mr. Malcolm in the middle as as a secret agent, <laughs> Hillary Duff. I uh, forgot about that movie. <laughs> I listen to 302010 every week, a part of the Laser Time Podcasting Network. Shout out to them. And it's 302010 years ago. No, whatever. They shred this movie. I mean, they 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 shred this one because a lot of the hosts are like my age and older, but my God. Movie I did see and I did like, uh, Anger Management with Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. I just watched that movie actually, and it's still just as good. <laughs> it still holds up. I like to sleep in nude. <laughs> uh, one of my personal favorites are the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Uh, uh, Ron White, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, Bill Engvall. Lord, I apologize for that right there. And let's be with the pygmies and Papua New Guinea. And a movie that is the polar opposite of that. Inspector Gadget 2. A.K.A. French Stewart Kills My Childhood. A.K.A. French Stewart definitely deserved a better movie. <laughs> or they should have left Inspector Gadget alone. Seidberg, uh, voice actor for Chief Quimby, was a neighbor of mine. Music. Oh, man, this hurts. Lincoln Park Meteora. R.I.P. Chester. And have you heard there? There is this new song by Lincoln Park that's posthumously released. Hearing Chester posthumously is haunting, but it's called Lost. Ironically enough, Meteor Lincoln Park. I think it's my favorite album by them. AFI Sing the Sorrow, which contains the ROH theme for someone who was on the news today, Mister Charles Montgomery Punk. And if you've been on Twitter. I mean, I'm recording this on March 23rd. This is going out in the middle of April. This is going to be old news, but just just, just go through the discourse. I am not. Johnny Cash is hurt. Rendition of Hurt from Nine Inch Nails. And this unfortunately also came not long before he passed away. Evanescence Fallen. And this one's for the churchies. This one's for the youth groups. Nate, I don't know how religious you are or were. Reliant K. Two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Does the name Reliant K ring any bells for you? It does ring a few bells. Uh, 
lo friggin' love, love Reliant K. They're one of the few Christian bands I still like to listen to once in a while, but my lord, at this point in time, I had a very good, well, very well-meaning friend who was trying to disciple me, witness to me, kind of, and made me a mixed CD of, well, Reliant K, Five Iron Frenzy, Skillet, Pillar. I loved them. Video games. We got WWE Crush Hour, WWE's answer to Twisted Metal. <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and this game. The Legend of Zelda wind waker for the gamecube one of the goats i mean i can go on for a long time about this one but i love the story a lot of people hated the cartoony cel-shaded graphics at the time i look past that and this story of you know spoiler alert for a 20 year old game everyone who's listening to me has played this fucking game you're on the great sea above the original high world that ganon flooded and you're on that talking ship, the King of Red Lions. My God, this game is good. And please, for the love of everything, holy remaster it for the Switch. Just do it. And now, that's that's all of our pop culture. Nate, what stands out here for you? Um. So I will say this, that one of the things that probably gets overlooked a bit is the pre-show match, the world tag title match between uh, Chief Morley, Lance Storm, uh, and... Uh, Oh, what's that tag team name? High as hell or something like that. <laughs> With uh, Rob Van Dam and the Dudley Boys. It was it was high as it was, I thought it was the Duds. It was high as hell. Whoops. Yeah, it was it was a uh, Kane and Rob Van Dam. I remember this because the Dudley Boys get involved in this matchup. Uh, they're not really a part of the match until like the following night. But uh, yeah, the way that this match goes down, what the hell. <laughs> That's really what I got to say about it. But I think I might be jumping the gun a little bit here. But uh, this will also feature, I'm going to warn people ahead of time, the Miller Lite Catfight Girls. Oh, uh, boy. Hot back then. No. Now I look back at it and it's like, uh, wow, this is um, this is like pure teen acting at its lowest right here. Crash TV. But man, so our theme song tonight... This Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit from the album Results May Vary, which I had. I had all of the albums. Don't act like you all didn't back in the day. Oh, here we go again, my lord. <laughs> and all those all those bits from the Ruthless Aggression podcast. Shout out to those boys. Just mwah. JR is out there in his finest John Wayne pufflings. And we kick off this night with the Cruiserweight title. Rey Mysterio versus Matt Hardy version one. Nate, we are see you ready for <laughs> Matt Hardy version one, the greatest cruiserweight champion of all time. What is a great way to showcase your cruiserweight championship on the grandest stage of them all? Give it to a guy who is tall, who is about the right weight height, and who is Matt freaking Hardy. What more do you need to ask for? One of two championship matches on WrestleMania features Matt freaking Hardy. Matt Hardy is the GOAT of the Cruiserweight division. I'm going to probably be just blubbering <laughs> about Matt Hardy this entire deal. And hey, at least he was not Fat Hardy at this time. Oh, man. That, that, oh, ow. Let's, let's not bring that. That's ow, man. He was lean Hardy. <laughs> lean. He was lean. I mean, dude, when you get older... Things happen to your body. You get hair in weird places. Oh, wait, wrong era. Anyways, 
Are you ready for some mat facts? I am ready for some mat facts. This is Matt Hardy's fourth WrestleMania. And Matt wonders how they did WrestleMania without him. Absolute yeah, classic. And this match is this is car crash. This is fast. This is quick. This is maybe a five, six minute match. We got uh, a six one. There's a plancha. A six one nine is denied. A twist of fate is connected early. We get a kick out. A splash mountain bomb. The razor's edge sit down power bomb by Matt Hardy. Just chef's kiss. Perfect move right there. Does not land because it's reversed into a hurricane rana. Oh, someone clearly watched Eddie versus Ray from Halloween Havoc with that spot because that is spot for spot in that match. A 619, a West Coast pop is dodged. We get a roll up into a reversal. Matt Hardy holds the ropes and still the cruiserweight champion of the world, the one. Dude, how'd you like that? Honestly, it was a pretty good opener. Like you said, it was very fast-paced. It was kind of clunky at some points. But for the most part, it was one of those matches I feel like needed to start off the show to get people's blood pumping. And also, shout-out to Rey Mysterio for rocking the Daredevil-esque costume for this one, which would become a theme for him, especially at WrestleManias, just to see him do these kind of marvel dc or just high pop culture deals because i think this was the time where was it the ben affleck daredevil was popular mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately <laughs> so, that, that so, was... so you're saying that Rey mysterio should have been daredevil for that movie <laughs> he would have made a better one than ben affleck he'd make a better batman than ben affleck Ooh. Shots fired here. Shots, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Insert ruthless sound. Backstage. Okay, I need to open this one already. Oh, Lucky it's man. a non-alcoholic beer. But... Are we seriously already talking about this? <laughs> are we already at that point? The Miller Lights Cat Fight Girls oh, are backstage. They're having a... They're having a Right, just a verbal spat over, I don't know who's hotter or something. Fight over no, what matches no. is going to be better. <laughs> like, Brad is Hagen. No, Brad Pitt is like, oh. I I will say this is one of those things where I am going to be so grateful that they are not the sole focus of this entire deal. But it does kind of just spiral downhill from here because, like you said, we're already starting with them tempting and teasing a fight because oh one girl thinks that stone cold and the rock is going to be a great match no it's going to be mcmahon hogan and then one's like don't you start and then they just walk off how do i know this because for a while when i was a teen i liked hot women what can i say and honestly this was one of those things where it's like you watch this over and over again and it just embedded in your mind and now i think back and i'm like i shouldn't have done that because now I'm it's burning in my skull. It's it's not even the good burn. It's a burn like, oh God, please make it stop. But like I said, this only gets worse as time goes on. I mean, Ruthless Aggression Pod, Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret. How did you guys get through this show without without scratching your ears out from these women? But you know, night is young, night is young. It's fine, it's fine. We get something better though. Please, Fretz, tell me. 
we listen to something better than that high school acting. We speaking of high school, we get one of my favorite bands when I was in high school. WWE's favorite band. I thought that was Saliva. R.I.P. to Swinney. Guitars for that band just passed away. Just <clears throat> I lo- I freaking love that band. That's another story for another time. Limp Biscuit. And I'm looking out the stage there. I'm like, is that Brian Had Welch from Horn on guitar? Because <laughs> I, I know Wes Borland was on. I used to know these guys' names. Wes Borland was on the bass. Because if you've seen the videos, Wes Borland was the guy that used to wear the weird masks on the bass guitar for Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was Welch, and I was gonna go through his book to uh, go through that, but I don't have his book anymore. So we hear Crack Addict. No, no, wait, no, we hear Roland. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Shit. Um, despite the fact that Taker hasn't used Roland since like Backlash 2002, here's Limp Biscuit to play Taker to the ring. Thank God he didn't. They didn't cover You've Done It Now. Actually, no way. I would have loved to hear Fred Durst. <laughs> you thought I made a big mistake, mother... Man, that would have just been awesome. Also, can we uh, mention the fact that uh, Fred Durst, for the second time... To- well, the first time. First out uh, of two times on WWE television, literally comes out and he is just flipping people off throughout that entire deal. He's just, he's just singing, singing, just, and... Like Tony Chimble says, WWE's favorite band in the whole world. And they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> we don't care. You gave us our paycheck. Thank you so much. Here's a bird. I mean, at least he didn't like grab someone's crotch and then, you know, uh, oh, and, then that- cause, and then cause every... They had to censor. Th- they censored this. I mean, I watched this live at the time, and I remember a lot more swearing, a lot more, you know, flipping off. I'm like, oh, they had to censor the crap out of that. Vicky James. I mean, I'm going to review that WrestleMania someday. I'll bring you on for that one. Oh, please. Do. Oh, that was not that was not a good time. So we uh, get the Undertaker and Nathan Jones against the A Show, or the, do we? The team of A Train and the Big Show, or do we? Ooh. On Sunday Night Heat, the important Sunday Night Heat, Nathan Jones just jumped backstage. But uh, in reality, this guy was greener than goose shit. Okay, and so- I've been watching his progression so- on SmackDown week to week. Holy crap, is this guy bad? Okay, so so let me set you let, let me let me tell you guys the tale about how this thing goes down. Literally, uh, Nathan Jones is just talking to some random dude backstage, and then Nunzio who finally gets a WrestleMania moment. He just bumps into Nathan Jones and Jones is like, hey, watch it, Cream Puff. Nunzio's like, Cream Puff? That familiar Nathan? He stole his wallet. Nathan Jones chases after him. Next thing you hear is, boom, boom. Sounds like freaking rhino orgasms, but whatever. Next thing you know, here comes Nunzio's like, stupid son, messing with the wrong people. And out comes Big Show. And then out comes Lord Tenzai. I mean, Albert. I mean, a train, there we go. A train, A train. Uh, shave your back, dude. And look over, and there's Nathan Jones knocked out. <gasps> Gasp. And that's how he gets taken out of the matchup. We don't even get to see like how he gets taken out. That not only is this dude green, he couldn't they couldn't even show him getting beat up during this thing. <laughs> I if they could have at least had him sell a couple of things, come on, dude. <laughs> Big show <laughs> so it's a handicap match now. 
he had the big show scanty. He wouldn't take Albert's nipple piercing. <laughs> Sorry, that's a ruthless aggression well, callback. Well, at least he didn't ask for a Prince Albert oh. the piercing. Oh, geez. ouch! And that's every funny. and every male that just heard this just grabbed their crotch. <laughs> so we get a handicap match. We get an old school, or which then was known as maybe high school. Also, I say that because this was the year I graduated high school. A derailleur show jumps Taker on the outside. They're working over Taker. We see the choke slammers reverse into an arm bar, hold number two in Chris Jericho's 1004 holds. And Nathan Jones comes out and kicks the kicks the big show, kicks the A train. We get a tombstone. Streak lives. And mercifully, Nathan Jones does dick all at WrestleMania, goes back to OVW, comes back to be on Team Angle at Survivor Series, and then on a tour of Australia that they went back and did, I think it was the Global Warming Tour, they're packing up, they're all, the Fed's all packing up, they're leaving, he's like, I'm staying home, screw you guys, and he's never heard from again. And that but- is the tale of Nathan Jones and WWE. I mean, that is true, but he was also in one of the best WWE films ever, and that being The Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, he was in that. that that's right. Yeah, that WWE films does put out some bangers. There, there's some good ones in there. What's yeah, he, not a good one? Oh, yeah, we're, the, we're here again. Yeah, no, the this, this match sucks. Are talking, <laughs> are, are talking to Tori and Stacy. Oh, Can good. On? Here comes here comes the uh, the silver lining, or just dark cloud running into a freaking black hole at this point. Uh, I mean, God bless Tori Wilson. I I will always love her. I don't care what deal she's in. She at least tries, and she at least is tolerable. Also, the fact that Stacey Keeler is being considered being put in the Hall of Fame. What 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 the absolute what? Um, it's because of performances like this that she's in the Hall of Fame. Oh well. Then, huh? Explain to me why again Luna Vachon's not in the uh, Hall of Fame. Just um, just throwing that out I there. I thought she was. I thought she was. Oh, is she? Is she? I might be wrong. I think. I think she. I don't know. There, there are some. I'm just saying that there's a lot of women that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before they consider Stacy. I'm just saying. Put in freaking lay cool for God's sakes. Uh Sorry, I'm getting a little off tra- track here. We're we're gonna be like going on a tangent when we talk about these Miller like Catholic girls. We're already on the second segment. We're already like done at this point. Yeah. And and Luna Vachon was in the legacy wing of the 2019 Hall of Fame. Well, that doesn't according- count. That doesn't count to me. Give her an actual Hall of Fame. Deal. I mean, to- Toots Mont's in there, but Toots Mont should also be in the legit Hall of Fame because just just Google it, kids. So we had a recap of Heat with uh, Morley and Storm going up against a high as hell and that whole and debacle. Which leads into our next match. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's talk a little bit about the whole and debacle because literally they have a decent matchup. I mean, Sean Morley is doing what Sean Morley does, um, being Sean Morley-esque. Um, so during the matchup, Lance Storm gets a 3D from the Dudley boys. And it's like, oh, where are we going to get new tag team champions? And then for some reason, Bubba Ray Dudley's just like, nope, JK. Elbow drops RVD in the back of the head and then has Landstorm cover him for the three count. Why does this happen? I honestly don't know. But that stuck out to me for the longest time. Even to this day, I'm like, what sense did this move make? 
I mean, I guess it makes for a compelling match tomorrow on the Raw after, but uh, still, don't I don't get it. Yeah, that's a weird one. And uh, I didn't, I didn't watch that match honestly, Nate. I just, I just watched the pay per view here. And uh, well, there's thank your you recap. For recapping that. <laughs> no that that's my re- that's your Nate the effing great Sunday night heat recap. <laughs> sponsored night. by Pepsi. Sponsored by Pepsi Blue. Spagingo, or as and coach sp- like to say, as coach like to say, Spaginga. or or Ginga. That that I don't freaking coach. Oh, the coach is not involved in this next match. This is three ladies, uh, two of which I think are in the Hall of Fame, and one that should be for the wow. women's championship. We got Trish Stratus, Jazz, and Victoria. Freaking Victoria's theme Dick. music! My God, the freaking all the things she says theme song. Oh, that melts my heart every time I do it. And also, we have freaking Stephen Richards in this matchup because why the hell not? Oh, wait, that's right. She and uh, they're but they're a thing back then. Steve Richards and Victoria are a thing. Oh yeah, that's right. That 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 thing. Uh, let's not talk about two thousand and four because that was that was a weird time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically the point I'm getting at is oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. Um. I do. Yeah, yes. but yeah, Jesus. Uh, I will say I do like this matchup. It's kind of one of those matches where I thought, oh, you got three women on here. Maybe they'll have like a little bathroom break. Match. No, these three women go hard in this matchup. This is good. Oh, it is. Jazz is one of the most underrated women's wrestler ever. Like she, she just retired like last year or something like that. And in, in Impact, I want to say. My lord, right. just very, very good. She was one of those that were wrestling the guys in ECW during their final days. Victoria, someone that came up through uh, developmental. She was actually one of the Godfather's ladies of the night in 2000. One that got put through a table by the good father when he went to the right to censor. And Trish is Trish. I mean, come on, uh, Canadian. I, I, I got to show love to my to my hometown girl. All the things she said is barely dubbed over on the network, and you can still mildly hear the lyrics to that song. And I thought that, yeah, that's a nice dub version there. Stephen Richards being Stephen Richards, I mean, every time I see him, I just smile because he was he was so damn good. Uh, you know, to quote RGT eighty five on YouTube, "Oh my God, it's Stephen Richards." <laughs> I think that's all you need to really say when it comes to Stephen Richards is that Stephen Richards is Stephen Richards, and he does the best Stephen Richards. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Sidebird, Nate, you might want to turn on a light in your room there. I'll, I'll do that in just a minute. So you just continue talking. I'll be right back. I'll show you. You'll see Stevie Richards. This is a really quick match here between these tw- three ladies. They were only given a very small pocket of time because you're filling a three and a half, four hour show with a lot of matches here. This this isn't like WrestleMania 36 five, four, whatever it was, when it was like the eight-hour WrestleMania that uh, Good Brother here was at, I would not have wanted to be there, despite the fact that was a WrestleMania Radio Mania. Uh, we got a chick kick and, and a near fall to Jazz. A Matrish, love that name, and I love that move. Trish is in a half crab by Taz, does not tap out. Steven Richards. Uh, you mean, oh, you mean Jazz, not Taz? <laughs> Taz. Rich Taz! <laughs> yeah, something, something, um, putting enjoyment noises, botchamania, animated Taz signs on dynamite. <laughs> Stephen Richards 
comes in with a chair, misses. Oh my god! <laughs> Unintentional comedy hits himself in the face with a chair. Stratisfaction. We have a new women's champion. Uh, Richards, uh, right to censor forever. Nate, your thoughts? Uh, just that final moment alone, seeing Richards just having that chair ricochet off the ropes and hit him in the face was like the major highlight of the show up to this point. And just seeing Trish go into the stratisfaction onto her. I mean, I just remember her grabbing Stevie, bounce off the ropes, and she does a little, ah, and Stevie just sells it. Oh my God. Uh, just love this. And it is a really kind of bizarre thing because it does kind of give a full circle moment here because Trish did lose the women's title to Victoria and on the grandest stage of them all, she gets it back from her. Uh, granted, it had to be through a triple threat, but, you know, hearsay. Uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed this matchup. I really did. I love that it showcased the women properly. Uh, probably one of the better women's matches until we get that amazing one at 32, which the main event we don't even need to talk about. Oh, my God, was that annoying. Um, yeah, no, I think that it's amazing to see how you don't have to get involved in the matchup for the guy to be one of the most over bits of the entire show. Stephen Richards, God bless you, man. <laughs> Stephen Richards for world champion. If, hey, if you played No Mercy, uh, you got him as world champion because famously uh, the big show was cut from that game because he was sent back into OVW to lose a little weight and lose a little attitude and the visual of him in the big show spot in the WrestleMania 2000 bit in that in that game and Shane Mc, and freaking Shane McMahon is in his corner so Shane McMahon is officially in the right to censor and yes <laughs> i made my i made my creative guy in right to censor right before my game died so i this game now it sits on my on my desk cuz it doesn't work anymore i played it once Honestly, Speaking I'm just things that we played that much. <laughs> oh, sorry, go. I was gonna say, honestly, I'm just imagining now Shane McMahon as a member of the right to censor, and somehow I think it would have worked. Honestly, <laughs> he probably would have been a better mouthpiece than Steve Richards. No offense, Stevie, but if you would have had Shane McMahon there just backing you up, that my god, that'd be amazing. That that that's some good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, pal, our old friends, the Rock and Coach, tale is all this time, song thought, is all this rhyme. I thought you were gonna say Miller Lights. I'm like, no, no, yeah, you don't need a Miller Light to get through this one. Actually, I need, uh, I need to go get my scotch to get through Miller Light. But we got the Rock and Coach, two old friends, tale is all this time, and he brings up the people, the people, the same people who booed me last year be fair rock you were in new york you were you were in nassau i mean come on ricky's told me stories and stories about nassau uh listen to our review of survivor series 2002 because it also takes place in new york msg who booed me during the concert of a lifetime um rock we're in one of those concerts you said stronger than the buck the best thing to hit canada because the maple leaves suck um that'll get you heat in toronto Right now, Toronto's winning. You know me with the game on in the background. That's why the Firefly Fretz House is going here. Game's on mute. Winning right now, but I'm not holding out any hope. 
And that's also the same rock concert as the Hurricane and the Rock's Scorpion King has a tiny ding-a-ling. No shame in that, Rock. I'm saying for friends. It's like, what? You calling me a sellout? Damn right I'm a sellout. I'm going to fulfill my destiny and beat Steve Austin at WrestleMania. This is Act 3. Act 3 is the one everyone remembers. Let's see. Um, Star Wars Episode 3. What's that one? Attack of the Clones? No, that's Revenge of the Sith. Oh. No. So let me see if I can help you with it. So Revenge of the Sith. Okay, people remember that one. Return of the Jedi. Uh, people remember it for kind of comedical reasons. Let's see here. Third Timurian movie. Return uh, uh, of the King. <laughs> Return of the King. There we go. Um, Hangover you know, Part 3. The point is, it's kind of a hit and miss when it comes to three-act deals. <laughs> but... Uh, no, it's one of those things where this is this is Rock like on fire here. I especially loved where he's just saying, Rock will finally get it done. And he just takes his glasses off and just like finally. And that's where he just walks off. It's one of those things where people may know like the story behind, you know, what happened behind the scenes at WrestleMania. I like to imagine that when he said that, he went directly right to Stone Cold. Because uh well do we do uh do i want to share this story now or do i want to wait until we get to uh we'll wait until we get to that matchup wait till we get to the match yeah yeah yeah. um because i will say this at the wrestlemania i think it was wrestlemania 20 deal that had like a really good documentary about wrestlemania 19 voiced by the one and only jesse the body ventura oh my god it's amazing if you can find any footage of that you guys check it out it's amazing uh but yeah no Great promo by The Rock. Uh, what do we got next there, Mr. Fretz? For the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, we got Los Guerreros versus Rabid Rhino versus Team Angle. I mean, tag uh, team uh, wrestling at this point in time, at least on SmackDown, man, th- this is three of the best teams they had at the time. And SmackDown also had, let's see, they had the FBI. You know, Rikishi was in there. Edge was just taken out prior to WrestleMania, having neck surgery. Rhino just came back from his neck surgery. Took 16 months to come back from that because he he had a hell of a raw deal. I'm drawing a name. Kendrick and London weren't tagging yet at this point in time. Point is, I mean, great tag team division, and these are three of the best. Right here, we have a, a very another quick match. Being a multi-man match and being that we're getting a multi-man match at WrestleMania 39, get people on the card, cool. It's a schmoz. And it's one of those one pinfall matches. No eliminations. We ain't got time for that today. So we see Benoit just chopping Eddie Guerrero hard. These two always bring it when they go up against each other. Possible exception being One Night Stand 2005. Neither neither being their, their best moment, even... Eddie apologizing to Benoit after the match backstage and they're always bringing it eventually we get a Goron Chavo Shelton steals the pin Team Angle wins man Austin Benjamin very underrated team former ROH tag team champions former Raw and Smackdown I believe as well man Nate how'd you like it I really enjoyed it there was also one other highlight in this matchup I believe yeah no this was the matchup where um uh, Benoit has just been clearing house and he does his signature, you know, 
cutthroat deal. And he just turns around and Sheldon just smokes him with a super kick. It's just one of those moments where I'm like, holy. Fuck. <laughs> um, it sucks that Edge got uh, injured during this time because I know for a fact that it was supposed to be Benoit and Edge in that spot. But, you know, you make do with what you got. You got, hate to really say it, the Diet Do Edge, which is Rhino, uh, because, sorry, the guy has a really good wicked gore, but uh, his personality kind of doesn't really match up to that. I'm what I've been watching TNA, and honestly, with Rhino, he does okay. I mean, he won three matches in one night, and the final match being for the world title. I was thinking, like, oh, this was kind of cool. Uh, but that didn't last very long, sadly. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed this matchup. I thought it was really good. Uh, it's another continuation matchup where you have Team Angle and Los Guerreros, and it's not going to be the last time that you guys hear about them on on Fretzelmania's podcast. I'm telling you that right now because these guys have probably tag team feud. I would I want to say the year actually because on Raw they just kind of it just kind of goes downhill, and we kind of know why. Uh, no disrespect, but at the same time, uh, yeah, let's just say this, that uh, a couple of Frenchmen are going to slow the tag team division down a bit on Raw. Hate to say it. Oh, the bell ends with shit shirts. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to the UK variant, Ruthless Podcast. All right, Claude. Michael, Michael Reg, Dave, good, good dudes there. Very good dudes. Oh, dude, just lean back now. Get in your easy chair, kids. We got HBK versus Y2J Chris Jericho. Okay. Shawn Michaels' first WrestleMania since WrestleMania 14 in, I want to say, Boston. And that was the crowning achievement for Stone Cold Steve Austin. HBK's back was effed with a capital effed at this point in time. He almost couldn't work that match. And there was a small rumor, rumor, I'm not going to blow smoke into this fire. Of him maybe not doing business, but Taker backstage kind of taping up his fist, being like, oh, hi, Sean. Are you, um, rumor, rumor. It's about much of a rumor as it is Sid pooping his pants at WrestleMania 13. Nobody knows. But HBK found God, got his life sorted out, got sober, all the respect to him. And he came back in 2002 and had a banger with Triple H at SummerSlam. Had a banger at the Elimination Chamber, winning the WCW Big Gold title. Dropped it a month later, and then started a pa- uh, promo with Jericho. And this video package that spawns from December to the Rumble to No Way Out to now, my lord. And Chris Jericho's promo here, he's like, I don't want to be the next Shawn Michaels. I want to be the first Chris Jericho. Chills. Just mm, so good. Mr. WrestleMania, I think, is born at this event. Shawn Michaels. Comes out with a bazooka. A malfunctioning scooter can save us. I remember this. This was amazing. If you guys don't remember the matchup, you'll remember Shawn Michaels being a part of Botchamania history of having not one, but two bazookas fail on him. <laughs> and the second one, he actually does the mock crying deal. And then the last one, he's just 
praying to God, like, please work, please work, please work. Ooh, it works. We're good. <laughs> yeah, dude was shooting blanks. Poor guy. So we've been there. That was cool. <laughs> I mean, actually, I haven't. I'm a virgin. Anyways, um. Oh man. HBK's mind games here playing the outsmart the outsmarting veteran and Chris Jericho being a veteran himself okay tapping the brain here himself Jericho um, in this match I just wrote down here is foreshadowing his what was it his three on one legends match with Steamboat um, Piper and I want to say Snuka a couple yep. years from now you go out of the steamboat thing with those steamboat mwah, crisp arm drags. HBK with a get the ding ready, kids. Gingle. Oh, ding. A moonsault. A whole bunch of pin counters and off counters. And one, two, one, two, one, two. Jericho, because he's from Winnipeg, you idiot. You've got to bring in a Northern Lights suplex. The Northern Lights are. Gorgeous this time of year in Winnipeg. Alliance Salt gets a two count. We got the walls. And then Jericho, he starts tuning up the band. Then he presses A and B in No Mercy. Sweet chin music. We get Sean looking like he's going to lock in the walls of Jericho. Slingshots Jericho instead. We get a suplex into a crossbody. Heartbreak elbow, and then the ref is kicked. The superplex is denied. Another elbow. Tune it up. The band once again. Walls of Jericho reaches the ropes. He finally connects with the sweet chin music. And then I think, does Jericho kick out of that, or is that like a whole rolling out of the ring? Because I know that uh, Sean wins with a roll up. I, I think he only gets a two count for this one. That's That's right. Okay, that's something I didn't write down, but we get a roll up eventually, and HBK wins. We get a nice old hugging out moment here, Aww. like it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on SmackDown. This is going to be incredibly outdated by that time. <laughs> I don't care. Get a hug. Aw. Nut shot. Chris Jericho. Knees. He knees Sean right in the mini Sean's. Or as uh, Christian Markle on um, WWE Sins would say, Chris Jericho is a dick to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and the feud continues. Match of the night, Nate? Uh, yeah, I think other than the main event, this was definitely hands down one of the best match. I mean, you talked about the promo, and I remember that promo so well from Chris Jericho talking about you know him wanting to be like Shawn and having all that old footage that he had. Uh, some of the things that he also... Did, did you know just being a dashly bastard of a heel and getting all this attention just so Sean will accept his challenge and then just the build up with Sean basically saying like a man doesn't hide like a coward a man takes responsibility for his actions a man looks other man in the eye and it's just great and this matchup just complements that promo and that build up perfectly there is very rarely a botch in this matchup it is purely perfect storytelling purely amazing wrestling and purely wrestlemania 
moment in and of itself. I mean, Jericho has definitely said that this is probably one of his proudest matches that he has done. Uh, he says that here are some matches where he's probably not, you know, watch at all. I mean, let's face it. When you face somebody like Fandango, do, 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 do. I don't think you want to watch that back either, but um, no, this is a really good match. I, yeah, I definitely will say that this is probably a match of the night. I do agree with that. Oh man, it's it's very good, and and this is a, a feud that is going to uh, encompass most of Monday Night Raw throughout this year. I mean, they were also on opposing sides on uh, Team Austin versus Team Bischoff at Survivor Series in the Game Changer archives there, and man, it's two of the best ever. I mean, say what you will about about chris to some people but and you got to respect his work here and it is very very good well also coming up next hold hold on before we go too far also imagine this that it's not only going to be like for the remainder of this year there's going to be so many years where they keep going back to that formula and there's always a different element to it i mean eventually you're going to see jericho turning into the bastard suit wearing soft-spoken you know cocky arrogant heel that he becomes probably one of his best personas and just absolutely creates some great magic with Shawn Michaels, you know, later in years. So like we said, it's one of those things where it's a working formula. People are kind of bored of wrestling throwing a Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho matchup. Okay. Are they going to have like new deals to it? Oh, always. Ooh. Okay. What do we have this time? Uh, Jericho's going to be a bastard. You know what? That's fair enough. Let's watch it. (laughs) Jericho's going to punch his wife in the face. <laughs> I also love that I think that Rebecca actually, Rebecca Sean's wife, was there like, don't hold back, you pansy. <laughs> she's like, bring it. <laughs> oh, she, she's like Mae Young. Uh, I've probably told you the story with when, when Mae Young was about to get super powerbomb by Bubba Ray. She basically did the same thing and farted <laughs> on him afterwards. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Women of wrestling are amazing. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> So yes, speaking of goats, it is now time for Limp Biscuits to perform their hit song, Crack Addict. Fred Durst out there, you awake yet? No, (laughs) one guy in the crowd is just like crickets chirping. No, all right, here we go again. And we get Crack Attic right now. Let's go. You and me toe-to-toe. There's a bunch of references to old songs in this song that I noticed. And it takes me back. It, it, it straight up does. I had this album, which also, unfortunately, had one of the worst covers of Behind Blue Eyes I have ever heard in my life. Love Fred Durst, but leave that song alone. Ugh. We get that. And the next thing we get is. Oh, no. Miller Lite. Ah! Oh, man. Is this. Oh, we have is, to. Is, this, is, is this the segment that I think it is where it literally boils down to why? Why are you punishing us? This is the like third gate of hell because this is where Stacy and uh, Tori kind of argue, right? It was before. It, it was actually before one of the other matches where they get into a schmoz, and then there's like, 
okay, let's have a cat fight. Let's put a bed out here. And I thought this was where John Cena wrapped against like a cardboard no. cutout M&M, but that was heat. Yeah, no, that was on heat. We were much rather doing that. Yeah. I, oh God, this is burning my bread, burning my bread, my bread brain right now because it's sponged where I just hear that girl just going like Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. I'm like, oh, please just, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Uh, but I do say, bless you for passing that segment but now we got the stupid deal so i don't think friends will mind me talking about this so literally it's just everybody everybody's tops come off stacy gets spanked by tori freaking coach gets that cat fight roll deal where the ladies are kind of fighting with each other and he gets steamrolled basically um then he gets pants yep he gets pantsed and we show up another tatty waddies and then he gets pinned because reasons and then all the ladies are happy because yes apparently coach was a dick during this entire show apparently backstage coach was saying like oh i can't i can't stand those mere like cat bike girls and this is his punishment i guess and i actually also just realized something as we were getting prepped for this that coach will show off at least three brands of underwear on national television the tidy white is here boxers at taboo tuesday and a G-string on Raw. But there's like a weird kind of skip a deal here. So uh, I'm going to go bleach my eyes out now. No, I'm back. Um, but thank God this is over. Thank God the Miller Lite deal is over. Um, if we had that uh, royalty from from Ruth's Aggression Pod, the American version, uh, Levi, Jake, and Kyle. Uh, yeah, this, this would be our brother sucks deal. Mike. Why was this a thing? Oh, because the Don brother sucks. Because oh, because hot women were were very high in the eyes of the testosterone level, and just some. We got to move on from this. We got to move on from this. We're moving on from this. I mean, it could not get possibly any worse than this. Next matchup, I stand corrected. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you like the world heavyweight title, the WCW big gold belt, because Triple H takes on. I'm Booker T. No, 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 I'm sad. I should have made another drink. Oh boy. Are you ready for casual racism folks? Because, or Casual is that the word I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. Casual <laughs> racism. Um, pe- uh, pe- people uh, like you uh, shouldn't or wouldn't be champion. Um, a Triple H. Um, watch the undertones of what you're saying. And B, that is a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. You're talking about right there. That very belt that's on around your shoulders. Right there, Triple H. So on Monday Night Raw, Booker T won a Battle Royal to qualify for this match. This match also contained uh, the likes of The Rock and The Hurricane. And this is the match that um, birthed the Hurricane-Rock feud. Distraction. <laughs> That's awesome. Birth? No, it was, it, no, no, not birthed. It was amongst it, because uh, I think 
I don't know if it was before this or after this, but the hurricane when the hurricane pinned the rock, you know, the the scorpion king had a tiny ding-a-ling <laughs> bit. And yeah, distraction spot by Hurricane. I think it was Hurricane and Austin both playing with the rock here, causing Booker T to win this match. And that's how we got there. Uh flare through Booker T into the steel steps and well, we're going to be selling these. Hold, hold on. Before we get too deep into this, I also want you guys to preface it on something. The way they built this up, they show Booker T's like background, and they're basically showing that he, you know, he went through hard times and that he got arrested and he was just you know doing this kind of deal. It literally looked like he was just having this redemptive arc here. And what do they do? They have Triple H come out to beat him down, talk down to him. And then, to make matters even worse... Raw, they're showing Booker T as a really good superstar. He beat Triple H and Ric Flair in a freaking handicap match because he's Booker GDT, damn it. And they ended it with Triple H basically being told by Ric Ric Flair says like, at WrestleMania, Booker T doesn't stand a chance against you. And Triple H is like, nobody tell Booker T that. And it's just like, wow, the championship might actually be in jeopardy. This is built for a... Booker T win. I mean, the last time that he won the title was against uh, Kurt Angle for the. Yeah, it was against Kurt Angle because I remember they did like a weird hot potato thing. Anyway, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, he lost the Rock. He got humiliated by the Rock. Surely WWE will, you know, make up for that, right? 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 Oh, boy. But continue. We're going to disrespect. The disrespect of Chet Levin right here is just terrible. By the way, OSW review dropped um, <laughs> I, Bound for Glory. They're 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 doing main event mafia. OSW is doing main event mafia. Um, I'm I'm not quite there yet. I got one more year before I'm at the main event mafia level, but I am getting close to Booker T debuting. So this is going to be a kind of nice full circle moment here. <laughs> Take a shot, Nate. So we, we get a match here. Uh, Flair throws uh, Booker into the steel steps. So tonight we're selling our knee and we're working over the leg. And Triple H even locks in his WCW finisher, the reverse Indian death lock, which is just a fantastic submission move. And then this match, it's a little long and plotting. We get a couple of hope spots. I think there's a bookend or a scissors kick in there. You get the Houston hangover by oh Booker my T. Oh, God. That and he hits it, sells the knee forever. One pedigree, and like 19 seconds go by before Triple H groggily crawls over to pin Booker T and retain the championship, just crushing all of our hopes and dreams of Chet Lemon as the world heavyweight champion. And lest we forget, this is the reign of terror. Triple H wouldn't drop this belt until Unforgiven. Mm -hmm. Nate, get the rant button ready. Go for it. Uh, Black Snow got screwed tonight. Let me just first by start saying that. Like I said, they built him up so well just to have him lose to one pedigree and his nerve system decides to fail for 30 seconds 
I just, you know, we have a lot of times where it's like, you know, people don't get it in WWE. They're just like, well, we got to make sure that this happens. I mean, Booker T, maybe he's going to have another moment and maybe he's going to possibly win the title back. No, no. Booker T, main eventer WrestleMania, doesn't get his comeuppance until, oh my God, is it really three years? When he gets the King Booker gimmick. King, Bo- King, King Booker's three years away. So damn long. He he should have won the title at least once this year. But nope, somebody had other plans. Because they involve Chet Lemon and his knees. That's right. I forgot he was I forgot he was Black Snow. I know the name Chet Lemon. Again, <laughs> as soon as you said Chet Lemon, I, I marked out. That was great because I've just seen. <laughs> I'm black snow. I'm black snow. I'm black snow. <laughs> oh yeah, that's 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 some good shit there, pal. I I loved it. And we get the announcement that there are fifty four thousand and ninety seven fans in attendance in Safeco Field. One of those was Brian Zane. Hey, wrestling uh, with regret for life. Shout out. Next up here, th- this this for nostalgic purposes, Nate. It's my favorite match of the night. You mean 33 decades in the making? Or two decades? Whatever they were building it up as? Two decades. Two decades in the making. making. Yeah, three decades is too long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong wrong team. That'd be now. I mean, WrestleMania 39, let's see see if we did um, Doink versus crush even though no they're both dead never mind oh that's depressing Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan in a street fight Uh, my goodness and the setup to this we had Hulk Hogan made his return on Smackdown I think just after Royal Rumble and Stephanie's like yeah I got some big surprises ready for Smackdown so we get Hogan we get The Rock and Stephanie is on fire meanwhile on Raw Eric Bischoff is literally fighting for his job. And what saves his job is is an attempt to bring back Steve Austin. But this bit here, Hulk Hogan's like, you know, he's been taking umbrage with everything about Hulk Hogan. And it was, man, God, taking umbrage with himself. Yeah, I could picture him doing that. Anyways, he's like, I want to fight Vince McMahon. Man says, no. Hulk Hogan's like, I want to fight you. And then finally, at No Way Out, uh, thanks to a <laughs> screwy referee who we will see in this match. Speaking of La Resistance. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> this. Oh, my God. I'm so Quebec's glad. Own, Quebec's own Sylvain Grenier, uh, the next maximum male model. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> how much would the oh my god if they tried to plot that and make it seem like oh Sylvain Grenier was planning this maximum male model deal for the longest time I would say that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard but I'm invested in this let's go I mean I'm invested in Otis being in the <laughs> models that's I, I love anyways we had a bit on Smackdown here where they had the contract signing and then Hulk, and then McMahon jumps him, 
stabs him with a pen, and signs the contract in Hulk Hogan's blood. Careful that he's doesn't have one of the hepatitis. Oh, wait, that's Bob Orton. Yikes. I created yeah. Hulkamania at WrestleMania. And I'm, I'm gonna kill it. And kill it, he did not. <laughs> this, this match here, it's a brawl, but there's comedy. There's memes. I mean, you saw what I tweeted out with like McMahon, bloody yes, face, here and yes. over. That's the best McMahon visual ever. I mean, to, that's what I think of when I when I think of Vince McMahon is that visual. So we get this bit here where there's McMahon's getting all his comeuppance now. It's like WrestleMania 17 against Shane. He is twisting the knife and being the ultimate asshole. And this is his gotcha moment. He did the same thing against Shawn Michaels. He did the same thing against Bret Hart. Although the lesser said about the Bret Hart match, the better. Bret couldn't work. He couldn't move. I mean, leave the memories alone. And when I meet Bret Hart at Comic-Con, I'm not going to bring that up to him. But, you know, I will say that he actually did do one of his most extreme moments in his entire wrestling career, which was that leg drop onto Hogan through the announce table, which was like, oh, damn. McMahon can go extreme. Because, because Vince McMahon is clinically insane. I mean, this is a man that took a steel, cage, a steel cage bump onto a table that didn't break and that, that damn near killed him, literally, like against Austin. I remember that. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. chills from that. Jeez. Yeah, that mean my fused spine just twitched a little bit. There, just ooh, yikes. Um, th this match, it's a brawl. It's a schmoz. It's memes. It's hilarious. A uh, whole lot of plotting. There is this test of strength with these two that lasts forever, and it reminds me of every. How do I put this lightly? Manly, manly, man, muscle, muscle, like Rocky Four kind of montages with all the testosterone and the bulging muscles. It, there's a word I'm trying to think of, but I don't want to say it. And I think you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, my goodness, it's so funny. We got a test of strength, the Hulk out, Vince McMahon boot, brawl to the outside. And my God, the unprotected chair shots right to the face. Just... No, please. I, I cringe at those now, being knocking at 39 and just knowing CTE like we know today. So then, as you mentioned, this man gets a ladder. And I'm thinking, there's there's no possible way. McMahon goes up, does a swanton bomb. Oh, wait, that was me playing uh, Smackdown. Here comes the pain earlier. <laughs> You imagine how differently we look at that match if he did do a swan talk from that ladder. One thing, he would flop over, break his hip, and probably he probably would break his neck trying that. He would he'd be dead. But... <laughs> you, flip, you flip over, hit Hogan, and then you just hear this ah ah my ass ah. Uh, he would tore he would tear his B to his A with that one. Madman, say what you will about him. Uh, fuck him and his hush money stuff, but. It's got grapefruits. I mean, come on. He's entertaining as hell, especially here. He's just hurting it up to 11. We get a monitor shot. We can't be aforementioned. Leg drop off the ladder. And then that shot of Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan's laying down in the ring. McMahon is at ringside. 
He grabs a steel pipe. Blood just gacked. I mean, he he bladed hard. He gacked himself good. Probably took out an artery. You get the bloody face Vince peering over the rope. He gets in the ring and just his creepy look is getting ah. Like, I, I wish I could do it. I mean, this cactus light I have right here is just I mean, that would be a good time to take a screenshot. Just <laughs> ready to gack him in the face with it. And then Hulk Hogan low blows him. Then we get one of the most random appearances I've ever seen. I was watching oh this live. God. I forgot about that. And, and I turned to my, my friend's... My friend had went to bed at this point, and I was watching with his dad. And we're like, is that who I think it is? Guy comes out, all hooded up, jacket, takes off his mask, take off his, takes off his jacket, rowdy Roddy Piper, who hadn't oh, been seen in the company gosh. since 1996, instrumental in the first WrestleMania with who? Hulk Hogan. Comes in with a with a pipe and he's calling Vince he's calling Vince Jr. That's what he always called him. Come on, Jr. Come on, Jr. He's gonna hit Vince McMahon in the face with that pipe. Swerve, bro. He hits Hulk Hogan with it and goes away. And that hit that's it. Yes, this is the first front WrestleMania since WrestleMania 12. Brian Hebner is yeeted out of the ring by Vince. Out comes Savant Grenier. Mike Sparks then gets decked. We get a oh leg drop, God. a Hulk out. Sylvan gets yeeted out of the ring himself. And I think the official referee, maybe Hebner, came back in. Three leg drops. One, two, three punch boot. Hulk wins this match. Oh my gosh. Just memes, Nate. There's, Thoughts? There's some matches that just don't need... To have excellent wrestling they just need to have that good storytelling and like you said they just need to have those moments where you know it's going to be stupid but as long as you're entertained by it that's what matters about it i mean you had literally these two guys beating the piss out of each other mcmahon decides for the second time in his career to dive onto an announce table <laughs> and that like you said that that play deal where he's just slowly peering his head up that was just Chef's kiss, perfect camera work and perfect timing, where it literally just looks like the devil himself is coming out from under the ring to kill Hulk Hogan. And then I totally forgot about Piper being in this deal. I was literally like, wait, what are you talking? Oh, that's right. He was involved in this. And I was going to say, like, Savan Grenier just briskly jogging down to the ring while there's another referee just sprinting like all hell just to stop him and yeah no the finish could not have been anything different than just hogan being like well you know something dude i'm gonna hit you with my leg drop not once not twice but three times goldberg can kick out of it but you can't brother man this was this was perfect. I mean, it was a perfect end to this feud. Oh no no no! Vince no, got a, his comeuppance. I was about to say it's not over yet because I almost forgot about this part too. As Hogan celebrating, out comes Shane McMahon, and he literally looks like he wants to fight Hogan, but Hogan is just being respectful, saying, "Come on and take care of your paw, brother." Shane comes in, and 
the first of probably two times this happens. Hogan's going up the rampway, looks back. Here's Vince, dazed, looking like he just got wrecked. And they blurred in all the other ones, but obviously he's just flipping off Hulk Hogan. <laughs> the only time we see this is with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, how how I, how I even remembered that moment is insane. But it's also like, oh yeah, that's right. This is one of the two times he just flips somebody off because he's Vince McMahon. <laughs> and he always gets his comeuppance for it. Next up. Whoa. 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 The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? The final chapter. What? The final chapter? What? What? Until WrestleMania 38 against Kevin Owens? What? I mean, come on. That was that was freaking awesome. Kevin Owens dressed up in the bald cap. Just mwah. So in 2002, Stone Cold took his ball and went home. And then he came back. And do you know the... Oh, well, you had something about this match, right? Is it, It's probably going to be the same thing that I have. Yeah, probably like the build-up for this, but I think, like you said, he took his ball, went home until Eric Bischoff was just like, Stone Cold, we need you, bro. Stone Cold's like, what? What? Remember talking about boy JR, and JR just like, well, you got an issue here, son. We, we we need you, man. I need you, bro. And Stone Cold's like, okay, I'll come back, but I want a squash match against Eric Bischoff. I, I think we can have that happen, man. And Eric Bischoff's like, but I, I, I don't want to die. What? I don't want it. What? I don't. What? What? Fine. 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 I'll do it. Okay. Good. I'll see you guys in in Canada. Beats the piss out of Bischoff, and then it gets good. Why is that, Fritz? <laughs> yeah, we have a build up here, but I there was something about Austin here. Uh, he was taken to the hospital the night before this event. I mean, yep. he was working out with Kevin Nash. With that's Chet Lemon. I got my names right. Um, just. Working out hardcore, drinking lots of coffee, dehydrated, had something to do with his heart. Almost missed the show. It was like, I'm not messing with WrestleMania, son. You'll be scraping my cold, my cold body out of that ring before I stop wrestling, son. What? You get a whole build up with the with uh, the Rock on Raw. You know, the Rock spent his time on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Raw. And I'm gonna troll Stone Cold Steve Austin. Downs into a match because every time they met at WrestleMania. Uh, Austin's won. So now it's time for him to get his win back. And is it the last two times Austin has beaten The Rock? Except for Invasion. Invasion doesn't count. Survivor Series. Lesser said about count. the invasion, invasion angle, the better. We get a Limp Biscuit sizzle reel, which is nowhere near as good as their uh, My Way by Limp Biscuit sizzle reel from X7. But here we go. And this is the best, the best rock entrance. That whole pan of overhead pan of Hollywood uh, and the love it. Best version of the rock. Chills, just literal chills watching that. And it's funny. Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 15 is the first one I ever watched live with my friends. WrestleMania 19 is the last WrestleMania I watched live, at least with my friends. Kind of the same group. Picking off this match, we had a schmoz, a brawl, up and down the ramp. The Rock sharpshooter 
mind games for the rock as he starts wearing austin's vest oh my it, god awesome. which is a funny for nate this is a funny full circle moment from wrestlemania 15 take a shot so stone cold steve austin at 1999 mania was going through a divorce and something to do with him not having his gear or his vest at wrestlemania 15 he came out in a t-shirt that's right so there, there was something going on. This was before Deborah, and you know we don't need to talk about that whole thing because uh, no. that was a big, a big old mess. So that's a funny full circle moment. We see a Fez press and elbow. He is stomping a mud hole, and what, Nate? Walking it drive. What? Rock clotheslines. What? Austin presses L one and L two. Does the rock bottom? What? Rockstone stuns Austin. What? And then classic JR, like, Stone, Stunner, Austin, Austin. Rock is the best stunner seller ever. Flip just curls him every time. He, he does it to pop Austin, just literally. The people's elbow is missed. Stunner is missed. We see a spine buster and elbow. It takes three rock bottoms for Dwayne to win this match. Boo. Austin gets up. And none of us knew at this point in time, because I don't think it was even aforementioned on commentary. This was Stone Cold's last match until last year mm-hmm. against KO. Rock gets his moment. He gets his win back against Steve Austin. I hated it because I was an Austin guy, a big Austin guy. I liked The Rock, but he was always number two. I was hating him at this point in time. Despite Stone Cold's limitations and him just being on his ass, the OMR that was written on his uh, vest, one more run. This is what he came back for. He came back for one more run. O2, he was burned out. Creative frustrations. I mean, going up in an unadvertised match against Brock Lesnar, I don't blame him. I'd see that match now. WrestleMania 39. I'd see that match at WrestleMania 40. I'm might go to that i don't i still don't know yet but i'd see that now and this is the tail end of his career for a while and the rock well let's just say he's next nate yeah um i think actually that's that that's the vignette that plays after this matchup or something like that um so you go from one match where the storytelling definitely has a lot of personal animosity, which results in a very comedic matchup to this one that has a lot of animosity, but has a very serious feel about it. I mean, you mentioned those final three rock bottoms, those three rock bottoms, you know, hits the first one, one, two kick out goes for a second, second one. Austin tries to get out of it, but gets hit with that second one, one, two kick out that third one. Austin literally looks like he is on his like last leg and you hear, you know, I think uh, Jerry Lawler actually had a really good uh, line here where he's like, go for a third one, big one, boom, hit that third one. Just hit it so well. Like you said, Austin gets beat by the rock at WrestleMania and people remember that one. Uh, Another thing that's kind of mentioned in the, uh, uh, documentary 19 deal there is they do like a lot of backstage stuff it includes 
the interaction between uh, Rock and Austin after the matchup because he because after the match is over, after the one, two, three, Rock shows the referee and they have like a little conversation. And, you know, they ask Rock, like, well, what'd you say to him? He's like, well, you can't hear that. And then they talk to Austin and he says, well, I'll show you what he said. He said, hey, he loved me. And, you know, it meant a lot. And I told him, I said, I love you too. And it was one of those things where the two of them kind of show, again, just the connection that the two have. They wrestled for years against each other. I mean, we got sick of Orton and Cena, but we have to also remember that Rock and Austin were kind of like the prototype, I guess you could say, of what would be some of those great matches. Because there were so many times where Rock and Austin were like headlining, main eventing, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. But the thing is that we never really grew tired of it because there was always something different about it, whether it was attitude between these guys, maybe there was just some kind of different element that was put in or whatever it might've been, but there was always something that made you just want to go back and be like, wait, Austin Rocker fighting. Ooh, I want to see this. So this is one of those matches where they put in another deal. Some people were probably sick of it, but some people were just kind of like, Ooh, I want to see how this goes out. And to have Austin lose to the Rock at WrestleMania, people are like, well, no, no. I wouldn't say it's as big as, you know, Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker, but definitely one of those things where people are probably stunned. They're probably thinking, Austin doesn't lose, though. And he lost The Rock. So excellent storytelling in this matchup. Really good one. Uh, I definitely will say that this is probably third best match for me out of this one because we've already talked about Sean and Jericho main events coming up that's a solid number two and number three is definitely this one it is because of that emotional baggage that is put in there good emotional baggage I just say it's a good and it's a good moment for Austin here I mean the next night on Raw like Eric Bischoff fires him in parentheses but we would see him come back as the sheriff of Monday Night Raw soon enough, and that's uh, that's a fun time. And we're finally here at the main event. My goodness, uh, talking about ruthless aggression, we got Brock Lesnar challenging Kurt Angle for the WWE title. We get a great build up here between the Royal Rumble and No Way Out, and leading up to it, like I think I have, I'm probably skipping one SmackDown. That's the SmackDown before Mania, but. That Eric Angle fake out on SmackDown just a couple of weeks ago on, on, on the show, so damn so damn good. I mean, Eric Angle Appreciation Night, check out that podcast. It's it's fun. It's always fun when they bring in Eric. They brought him in at Survivor Series 2000 against Taker, and Taker choke slammed him off the stage the next night on Raw. And Eric had a tryout. He had a brief run in OVW, and okay, we're going to shave your head and we're going to do this. Like, wait, that's not Kurt. Yes, it is. And it was during this match that I noticed Michael Cole's voice is done. He overexerted his, his throat here. Uh, he sounded like me by the end of Dynamite in Toronto and probably me at the uh, end of Forbidden Door 2. Yeah, so kind of Taz has to do kind of like the heavy lifting in this deal because like you said, Cole is like Completely out of it. Uh, just kind of capitalize a little bit on the like the promo hype that they have for it. So well done. I mean, the first thing that they have is Kurt Angle saying like, "Oh, you gotta get through my boys to get to me." 
Roxy and he has the victory. Nope, it was all swerve. And then the whole thing with Eric Angle was put in. And it just, oh, the buildup for this is just so good because it's literally just like, who's the top dog? Who's the alpha? Who's the big man on campus? And I will say this, that Stephanie McMahon made a really good call stating that, you know, if anybody interferes in this matchup, if you get counted out, if you get disqualified, Kurt, you're going to forfeit the title to Brock Lesnar. And Kurt Angle retorts by saying, I want an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck and I could beat Brock Lesnar on my best day. And it just ends, the promo ends like beautifully where uh, it shows uh, Brock taking out Team Angle as well as, and Paul Heyman in that cage match. I forgot about oh that. Oh my. And <laughs> Brock Lesnar says at the end of this, which is kind of a dark prelude considering what happens with Kurt Angle after this matchup. You probably document. We'll probably, we're definitely documenting this, but, um, uh, a Brock Lesnar has that line of here comes the pain. It's like, now looking back at it, I'm like, Oh, if only you knew Brock, if only you knew. Oh yeah. This is a good match. Kurt's neck is effed. At this point, like mm-hmm. he's about to go into surgery. Uh, he almost didn't make WrestleMania 19. I mean, that night that we had the Eric Angle switch, allegedly, rumored innuendo, Pritchard, um, that was going to be the switch. And then Brock would have taken the title and defended it against, I don't know, Chris Benoit or something like that. But one year ago, 2002, Brock Lesnar debuted the night after WrestleMania 18. Tonight, he main events. Great moment here. Uh, we get a good back and forth amateur stuff here. We have a whole whack of hope spots, whole whack of angle slams, ankle locks, rest holds, rocks taped ribs. He's selling the whole deal that he had with angle. Angle slam, chairs, two by fours, that whole thing. That's why he's taped up. Angle's German suplex, Brock pops up. Brock gorilla presses, uh, no, presses Angle, and Taz calls him the v- vanilla gorilla. Angle with a choke cold. Brock eats Angle out of the <laughs> ring. The I've vanilla gorilla. Heard, I've never heard that before. Oh, but that's actually true, especially nowadays. Holy shit. He's a vanilla, he's something farmer, vanilla beef something farmer. <laughs> vanilla um, beef gorilla farmer boy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, angle overhead German suplex. That just man, the selling by Brock at that point. Angle slamming a kick out. F5 and a kick out. Ankle lock reaching the ropes. F5 reverse. And, and then there's an F5. And then there's this. Oh, we all know this spot. So in OVW, Brock Lesnar, this beast, six foot five, two hundred and ninety pound man, used to do the shooting star press as a finisher, and his opponent would literally be half an hour to three quarters away around the ring. When he came out to the main roster, Jerry Briscoe, amateur wrestler himself, said, "You're not fucking doing that move. No way. Not happening. Nuh-uh. So he does the shooting star press in this match. And unfortunately, the the rope is slippery. He's all sweaty. He lands the flip, but he lands on his fucking head. Almost breaks his neck. Concussed, like 100% concussed in this match. 
I mean, Kurt Angle kind of had to get, get him going, going again here. Uh, match almost ended. F5 and new champion. A show of respect by Angle at the end of this match. They have an embrace. They have a big hug. But Brock's out. You can see like his eyes glazed. He's gone. And Brock Lesnar is once again the WWE undisputed champion. Shooting Star Press was allegedly supposed to be the finish of that match, and that would have made it, well, memorable for the right reasons. That's memorable for the wrong reasons. Kurt Angle's on the shelf until SummerSlam. And they would go on to reignite that feud, Vince McMahon being in the corner and the roles are reversed. They'd have an Iron Man match on SmackDown. And I can't wait to get to that. Did we review that? No, I... we reviewed the wedding. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was 02. Nate, man, this was good. Thoughts? It, this was a really good matchup. Uh, these two guys complement each other to a T. And up until that final moment where Brock does the shooting star press, everything looked like it was just perfect. And for Brock, thankfully, he did like, I think Flair said that he did like neck bridges or something. That it was some kind of workout that I think that strengthens the neck, basically. And that's the one reason why he was lucky and he didn't die that night. Um, they go into a little bit more of the you know, deals like what happens after the matchup. Like Brock is like like during the matchup, Kurt Angle is just like, Brock, talk to me. Brock's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Kurt's just like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. So, you know, Brock thankfully went on autopilot. He did his he did the finish. And Brock was, I think, originally supposed to be like admitted to like a uh, hospital or something like that, but he just wouldn't have it. Uh, Kurt Angle would, though, go to the hospital to have his uh, his neck surgery. And I guess after the matchup, he was definitely not in like the best deal. I can't remember like all the, I can't remember a lot of the specifics that happened during that. But I just remember uh, <laughs> Kurt was not in like the best way, but he went, he got neck surgery. He was doing better. But one of the things I loved about it was uh, he goes to the doctor and they talk about the neck surgery. And it's just so funny because they're talking and Kurt's just like, so I can continue working out later. And Doc's like, uh, no, no, I'm kidding. Tomorrow? <laughs> I'm just like, Kurt, come on, man. Take it easy, bro. But also, like, I admire Kurt Angles, you know, wanting to come back and just be the best that he can be. It's just one of those things where it's like, Kurt, enjoy time off, man. You, you've earned it, especially after a WrestleMania match like that. Dude, just just relax. And he did. He Like like we mentioned before, he goes on to rest, get better, come back, have a great feud with Brock Lesnar. Just, oh, that's just great. But no, this was another really good matchup. And like I said, the fact that this was only like like second best matchup here next to Sean and Chris just tells you that this was a very stacked card. I honestly think that other than probably the handicap match and, you know, the aforementioned uh, meow, you know, uh, this is a really good show. 
This really was. And I think it only made, I, I think it's also probably one of the most comedic WrestleManias I can remember. And so it was mainly because of that Hogan McMahon matchup and freaking Limp Biscuit, bro. Freaking A. Just, I mean, of its time, very much, it's a product of its time and it's, it's, it's thoroughly enjoyable. And that is it. This is a this was a stacked WrestleMania. Uh, again, I think this is coming out a couple of weeks after WrestleMania 39. So a lot of this stuff is going to be aging maybe a little poorly. Uh, let's go Team Sammy Ko. And yes, folks, you can follow me on the Twitter at Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. I do a little Instagram, TikTok in, not so much. You might see me doing a couple uh, song reactions or whatnot, but I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I might try and get into more TikTok. I've talked about deleting it, but anyways, Wrestle Attic Radio, say it with me, kids, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Listen to all of our shows, which include the effing greats brace for Impact, just finishing up season two, which was 2006? Uh, 2007, actually. Seven. Of TN of of TNA, oh, I just year. listened to your uh, was it year end review podcast. Good, good, always good stuff there. It's a great trip through memory lane. You're going to be going through unfamiliar territory with me and TNA, so I'm I'm up for it. I'm up for any reviews of those. By the way, also the Kings of the Rings podcast streaming every Wednesday night with Willie P and of course our lovely GM King Ricky Rose. Big love, big shout out to Agent K Murphy. Uh, you know, they're on their Legends contract. Maybe we'll see them soon. I don't know, but K, love you. Hope you're doing good. And you got to kick off your weekends in proper YLP fashion and in proper Fretzelmania fashion the day before. Nate, where can people find you uh, with bananas and now wrestling and all sorts <laughs> of things? Uh, th- this new venture, I mean, the Grandana. Dude, awesome. I, first off, I love I love the shtick. I love it. Uh, where can people follow you and possibly see you perform? So for those that want to reach out to me on a social media level, they can check me out at Real FN Game, which is on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Yes, I am hip and jive with everybody on the social medias. Represent, represent. I'm a white boy, whatever. That's uh, <laughs> You can check out the Brace for Impact podcast. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus, just kind of cooling things down, get my jets going. But I will be returning very soon in the future. Probably by the time this is released, I will have been back and I will probably be back, you know, doing the reviews. And how is it going so far, you might be asking? Well, insert sample here, either hooray or, ah, damn it. So got that going on. And for those that want to maybe just give a like over on my Nate the Grandana page, you can definitely check that out where I just have random videos I post up. Also pictures from the shows that I have done. I am a part of the Now That's Wrestling roster, as well as the uh, No Regrets or No Regrets, as we like to properly call it, wrestling roster. Uh, Hopefully we're going to be doing... I'm, a, I'm hoping to be a part of the show that's in April, unless there's like some kind of conflict or something like that that goes on. Life goes on is what it is. But just looking to continue on the 
the dream and making everything good. But I can definitely say that come summertime, it's going to just be a whole nother level with bananas and absolute pandemonium. Is that a hint at a new it, event? Who knows? B A N A N is bananas. Yes. Uh, so folks, I, thank you very much from myself and my favorite wrestling banana, Nate, the effing great. This has been the game. I mean, Fretzelmania. <laughs> that is the best Freudian slip ever. This is no longer Pennsylvania podcast. This is the continuation of the Game Changer podcast. <laughs> Until oh, next time, man. keep your stick on the ice. I've never heard of that one. Holy shit. <laughs>